our reading in two parts this morning. We'll read verses 4 to 29 first, and then later through the service we'll read verse 30 and what follows. Now, I know that many people look at some of the Old Testament passages and they think, what is that to do with us? And uh, it sounds boring because it, 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 even today, the reading today is not an extremely, if I may say so, and you'll understand why I say so, it is not an extremely exciting bit to read from the Bible. But we can remember that God is now revealing to, as he revealed it to uh, uh, Moses on the mountain, to the people how he should be worshipped. And if there's anything that you will take along from this then in the reading today, know that God is holy and God, the, the way in which the tabernacle had to be built is a way in which we can see something of the precise holiness of God's character. So uh, let's, with that in, with that in mind, um, let's read that. Exodus chapter 35, verse 4. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen. Goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows. Acacia wood, olive oil for the lights, spices for the anointing oil, and for, for the fragrant incense. And onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod in the breastplate. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent and its covering, clasps, frames, crossbars, posts and bases. The ark with its poles and the atonement cover and the curtain that shields it. The table with its poles and all its articles and the bread of the presence. The lampstand for its light with its accessories. Lamps and oil for the light. The altar of incense with its poles. The anointing oil and the fragrant incense. The curtain for the doorway and the entrance to the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the bronze basin with its stand, the curtains of the courtyard with its posts and bases, and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the ten pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard, and their ropes, the woven, woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests. 
Then the whole community of Israel withdrew from Moses' presence. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved him and brought an offering to the Lord for the work of the tent of meeting, for all its service and for all its sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver and bronze brought it as a service, as an offering to the Lord. And everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen. And all the women who were willing and had a skill spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. So they brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord freewill offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them. To do. May the Lord help us to understand that reading from His Word. Now let's continue that reading. Exodus chapter 35, verse 30. Exodus chapter 35. Verse 30, then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge, and all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut the set stones to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, from the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, Embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers of, and all of their master craftsmen and designers. So Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary, are to work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and do the work. 
They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work in the sanctuary left the work and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an audience and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. What an amazing part from the Bible. The outpouring of the, of the Holy Spirit teaches us about the importance of spiritual gifts in the church. It takes the Holy Spirit to build God's house. We have dwelled on this subject now for a while. We looked at Ephesians 4 and we looked at 1 Corinthians. We understood from especially 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14 how the church in Corinth understood the gift of speaking in tongues wrongly by elevating this incomplete gift to the one they valued most, neglecting other gifts which left the body of believers in a spiritually undeveloped state. Three times at least through that uh, 1 Corinthians letter, Paul refers to them as those who are still children in faith. Too much emphasis is put on only two chapters in the Bible as if what can be known about the gifts of the Spirit is only locked up into those chapters. But in the time of Moses, the Spirit of God came with special gifts for the building of the tabernacle. Then it was a specific place they built, but we know now that the Spirit of God dwells in our hearts through faith so that we could build up the church of God, which is not a building, but the family of God, which we prayed for and thanks God for today, so that we can be built up in discernment, so that through teaching and evangelism, leadership, hospitality, love and service, the, the, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ can be built up and being made fit for the service of God. These spiritual gifts are for the building of, of God's dwelling place on earth, which is the church. Whatever spiritual gifts we have come from the Holy Spirit, who calls us to use them to build one another up for his glory. And therefore the Bible tells us, as we have heard then last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 12, to excel in the gifts that build up the church of God. When we then go to Exodus chapter 35, we find an, an, ex, an amazing expression there that maybe sometimes we, we, we don't expect to read there, but there it is. And it says there, there, 
that the Spirit of God filled these people with knowledge, with skill, with understanding, so that not only they would build, but they would teach others to do what would please God. The Spirit of God filled them. There was an extraordinary amount of work to be done. And you, you, you look at all these things and, and you realize that although God could have made the, the tabernacle himself, he chose to include people like you and me, as he would still do today, to include you and me in the building of the church on earth. And he, he provided for them so that, that as they were provided for, they would know that they would use those gifts and skills and even the material things that God had given them so that they could then bring it to the Lord and then build according to the design that he provided for them. I, I, think, I think that this is, this is one of those chapters in the Bible that at least tells us this, that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we understand that in the New Testament and more specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14 are given for the upbuilding of the church and it's that not there for self realization it's not there for self honor and what is given there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14 were not the complete list that would count for all churches all over the place through all ages. There would be a different set of gifts, different set of skills needed as time would, would demand that. But all of that would be from the Holy Spirit and the purpose is still the same for the glory of God, for the building up of one another in the faith. The Holy Spirit gave them the skill, the ability, and the knowledge. They were talented people to perform the glorious work of building the dwelling place of God according to God's personal design. Their work came from their whole persons as the Spirit of God would occupy them Change their heart from a stubborn heart. You could just read two, three chapters before you get to this. They were a stubborn people. And what did they do? They gave of their gold and all the things they had to Aaron. What did they make then? A golden calf. And they worshipped that. God changed their hearts around now. And once again, from a willing heart, they gave of what they had to make things to the glory of God. Art is for God's sake. And this is what the tabernacle was all about. Every detail of this sacred building was for the praise of God's glory. You know, uh, it, you, you think of it and it's, it, it talks about the, uh, the goat's hair and it talks about the linen and the scarlet and, the, and all the yarn. Uh, and then you read all about these things, beautiful things. You know what you, you also read about? The ten pegs. 
You'd think, what's important about a tent peg? Well, the Lord says, my, my dwelling there needs tent pegs. And it needs someone to make them. But it will be done according to my design. Because I'm holy. But there would be tent pegs. So the tent peg maker, and there were quite a few tent pegs there. The tent peg maker would know that this peg that he's making now will display something of the glory of God and it will be to his glory. The table for the showbread proclaimed God's province. The lampstand about his light. The altar about his mercy. Everything in it in the finest detail shines something of the, 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 the person of God. That's why the tabernacle was made so carefully with such fine materials and fancy decorations. It was all for the glory of God. And there might be some people going to Moses and say, Moses, you know what? I've got a better idea than than this. Maybe Maybe we could do it this way. And Moses says, as the Lord commanded. No other way. As the Lord commanded. And it says a lot for us in the way we worship the Lord. There's no room for our personal detail. There's no room for our personal contribution as if we know better than the Lord. We need to just be humble before him and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then Moses said, from what you have taken offering for the Lord... And then he mentions silver, gold, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet yarn, a fine linen. Now, where do they get these things? Just, just, just for one moment, think about it. Where do they get that? Of course, initially, it comes from God. And God also provided for them that night when they left Egypt. Can you, re- can you remember then how they plundered Egypt? And Egypt, the people of Egypt were favorable to them, and they gave them a lot of things. So they left Egypt there. As rich people, Egypt, in, in, in many ways, were, was, uh, was plundered, an po- impoverished nation because of them. And half of them drowned in, Dead sea, in the Red Sea and after, and after that too. So the story of Egypt and the story of Pharaoh tells us this, don't resist God. You'll get, you'll get second. You'll come second place. In, don't resist God. But also, where did they get that from? Where did they get the blue and the purple and, 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 and the scarlet yarn? Just for one moment, sit and think about that. Where did they get, and we're not so sure there in verse 7, where it talks about the skin of uh, the sea cows. Where did they get that from? We're not so sure what, what it means. Some people think it might be dugongs. We're not so sure exactly what it means. Where do they get these things from? For those of you, the women, who know anything about making material, it's a long process to weave them, to color them, to dye them, to cut them out. It's a long process. You have to go and get what 
is needed for first of all you have to shear to get the wool you have to dye you have to wash it you have to spin it you have to do all these things the same with the goat's hair and the same where if it was dugong skins that they had to be used, they used or sea cows or whatever it might be we're not so sure what it means where do they get it from keep, if, keep in mind if you keep the map of, of the Sinai desert in mind you'll find that further south of course there is this this peninsula that, that, that pushes up. And that's probably where they went to. And, and they did some hard fishing. And it was a way in which they would then treat those skins to make it usable. Where did they get the acacia wood? That they just sort of sit there one day and it got delivered from Mitre 10? No, they had to go into the woods, they had to cut it down, they had to treat it, they had to dress the wood, they had to bring it, and all these things. Hard work. But the interesting thing is this. Although the design was in God's hand and from him, what was designed by God had to be made visible visible and presentable by the two gifted people and everyone they taught to do it. But not everyone was involved in the design process. There were lots of people involved in preparing the material. Their names are not mentioned, but they were there. And maybe someday there was this boy who went out in the woods with his dad and he said to his dad, what are we doing today? And he said, we're cutting acacia wood for what? We're doing that to build the tabernacle of God. Now, who's God? And the father had a time then to explain to his child who God was and what the worship of God was. So they used fairly ordinary sort of gifts with, for an extraordinary effort. They gave what they had. Because what they had is what God gave them. And they gave it willingly. Everyone for one moment in the history of Israel understood that I've got a place. I've got a skill. I can do something to bring. And if you put all these little things together, what have you got? The tabernacle of the holy God. You think of the spices. You think of the olive oil. Where would you get olive oil? Well, first of all, you have to look for an olive tree. And then you have to press it. And you have to wait for a while. You get all these things. It takes time. It takes preparation. It takes skill in those little fields that you don't hear about now here. And the spices... And, and all these things. But you bring it together from different ends. And it's all put together according to God's design. A whole community working together. A whole community under the, under the direction of the Holy Spirit. To design something so, so fantastic, so, so beautiful, so perfect. That God in the end would descend and would live and dwell amongst his people where they would know he is 
with them. Applied to the church, we know this. That we have different gifts. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, which means preaching, first of all, let him use it in proportion to his faith, which means that use it where God want you to use it. If it's serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern dil- uh, diligently. For it is showing, if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Different gifts given to us. And that's what the Bible then say. That's how we use it for the glory of God. <coughs> and that's what we should do in a church like this. This is what people say, what can I do? I don't have the ability to teach. Well, that might be so. I'm not going to dispute that. But I will ask you if you ever tried it. Don't give up before you've tried it. But ladies, don't think what you do in flower arrangements, making the morning tea, knitting certain things that you might send off to mission fields, making garments, preparing food, Don't think that it is insignificant in the eyes of God. But just don't think that that's the only thing you should be doing. Your heart should be right with God as these people's hearts were right with God. They had to to be stopped. Could, Could you just stop now? We've got too much. But their hearts were right with God. And therefore, every little thing they did contributed to the work of God. And the men, you know, we are, we are different from the ladies. I don't know if you've realized that. Yeah, you, might, you might have a bit of a chuckle about that, but I, I've, read an, I've read an article of uh, one big magazine that spent millions of dollars in a research project and then uh, came up with the result of the research after how many million dollars they spent. And you know what they, what they found? They found this, a profound thing that they found. They found out that there is a difference between male and female. There's a shortcut there. You don't need to go through all This research, that's a shortcut there. If you're a male, marry a female. And you'll get to the result quick smart. But we think think differently than the the, the females. Isn't that amazing? Even from the time of of Moses. The women, they spun the yarns and, and and they brought it to Moses. What did the men do? They brought the gemstones and they brought in the money. Almost like, yes, that's, that's what we'll bring. But the Lord used that. There I walked one day out in the field. And I was not so sure what it was, but I looked, oh boy, that's, that's a beautiful stone that I've picked up now. 
I better put that in deep in my pocket and tell no one about it. You know what the Spirit of God does? He says, you remember that stone you picked up there? You think you can hide it? That is something that goes into the breastpiece that I need. And the Spirit of God changes your heart. And you give willingly. There are some things that I'd like to keep to myself. There are some things that I just want to, don't give it to the Lord or anyone. But when it's needed there, I bring that sacrifice. You know the story of the Cullinan diamond? There was this little shepherd back in South Africa who took out his sheep and uh, there was this stone and he picked it up and it, well, didn't really make much sense to him. He put it in his pocket. Eventually he shared it to someone else. Where is the Cullinan diamond today? In the crown of the queen. He gave it. I think he was recompensed, I hope, in a way. But it was made ready for service for the king and the queen. So there are those things that might unpolished look to us, something that cannot be used in the, in the, in the service of God. And God says, I gave that ye, to you as a gift, not for yourself, but for others. So you, you, you think about these things and you think, well, it, it looks a bit ordinary, doesn't it? It looks so, so earthly. And then we realize that when we are in God's service, it is not about the airy-fairy stuff that counts. It's not the magical things. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes we get this idea that we have to be sort of halfway between heaven and earth. We need to, with, we need to be with our, clouds in the, with our heads in the clouds. We need to be mystical about all things. Can I tell you this? It is when... You help someone who is in need. And when I help someone who is in need with maybe just, just a plate of soup, it can change things around for that person. Or maybe just to go and say, I pray for you. When, I, when, when last week I visited this lady, and she was not willing to talk about the death of her husband, and you can understand why not. It was all very raw and all this. And I just asked her, I said, I don't want to be nosy, but I heard there was an accident. And immediately she broke down. And I could tell her that we've been praying for her in this church. I hope you have. And I hope you will continue to pray for her. And amongst all the other things that I gave her, a bit of reading here and there, I gave her a Bible. 
I don't know if she's a Christian. I don't know if she's already got a Bible. But if not, maybe. Maybe God will use it for his service. So what do we learn from this? To build the church of God, God uses everyone in his congregation. Some he gives the ability to teach. Some he gives the ability to lead. To some he gives the ability to do the, may I say in inverted commas, the mundane things, making a tent peg. If you've gone camping and then found out that you've got, you don't have enough tent pegs, you know how that can ruin your holiday? Sometimes you just need one. But without that one, the whole building cannot stand. So if I can encourage you today, ladies, men, children, boys, girls, see that your heart is right with God. And then with a willing heart, serve him with what you have. Have I told you, little the boys and girls, about this boy in church when uh, he saw the plate coming and everyone put something in it and he had nothing in his pocket and he had no idea how he's going to get around this thing because everyone is going to look at him and he hasn't got anything to put in the plate. So when the plate eventually reached him, he put it on the floor and he went and he stood in it and he says, I've got nothing to give, but I'll give myself. So boys and girls, you've got a job. Maybe you could just one day ring one of the elderly people when you know it's their birthday and say, this is so and so and I know that you've got a birthday today. Happy birthday, may God bless you. You wouldn't know how that would change or what the impact would be. Do the mundane things, according to this world, but do it well. Do it as unto the Lord, and the difference will be seen. Just use what you've got. Give it to God, because you got it from him in the first instance. And let's build together for the glory of God. Amen. Our Father, we sometimes look at our life and our service in the Lord and we think that we need to be learned. We think that we need to be specially gifted. We need to think that sometimes we need to be in the front line and, 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 and do all the things there. But Lord, when we look at this chapter in the Bible, we understand that the gifts of your Spirit include these things that is true sometimes you do you do call people to be leaders and we thank you for our leaders in this church our elders but lord you call everyone and today we ask that you will take what we have and sanctify it in a way glorify yourself in it 
and through it and help us to understand that every bit that we bring makes a difference because without us the body is not complete and you are glorified when each member called according to your own purpose for your own glory should support every other part of the body Help us then, Lord, to understand these things and make it known to us how we can contribute, if it's in a small way or a big way, in Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen.